This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And it's about uh, six minutes after four o'clock. Yeah, welcome to another edition of the Employment Law Show. Liam Moody is here ready to take your calls, answer your questions. That number is correct, 604 280 9898 is the way you want to roll. You want to send an email along. That is also an option. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we'll get through it tonight. Top myths of termination is coming up here just a bit. We'll try to get through some of your emails and, of course, our phone calls. It is a live show, so your contributions make it all that much better. Are always top priority. 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898 is the way to call in. First the week that was, uh, what do you got going on, Leah? Yeah, and you know, I do hope that people call in with questions today because I'm sure that there are a lot of them, uh, especially right now. And that's one of the first things that I wanted to to chat about was with respect to temporary layoffs in BC and the fact that it's coming to an end uh, next week. So um, there should be a lot of questions. And that's certainly, you know, uh, what's been taking up a lot of my day is sorting out, um, you know, what's going to happen with the individuals who are on temporary layoff, what happens if they're recalled to a position that doesn't look like the one that they left, um, and what happens if their employer asks them to sign a variance, because that is something that has recently been ruled out um, by the Employment Standards Branch as it pertains to temporary layoffs. So, you know, you might remember, John, back in March, a lot of people were were placed on layoff as a result of COVID. And in BC, the temporary period of layoff that you are uh, permitted to uh, send your employees on under the Employment Standards Act, provided you have the right to do so in the first place, which is a whole other topic. But, you know, if you had the right to lay off your employees, then the original period was 13 weeks. And when, you know, we started to understand that the global pandemic wasn't going away, it was extended to 16 weeks and then it was extended to 24 weeks, which was the big one. Um, As it stands right now, it's 24 weeks or August 31st, whichever is is sooner. So there are a lot of people in BC who should be expecting to hear from their employers next week and certainly no later than the following monday uh when when that date is actually you know at our doorstep and what that means is that if you are not recalled to work if you do not hear from your employer and there's no offer for you to come back to work you have been terminated. And of course, I'm going to recommend always that you follow up with your employer. You never know if you missed a phone call or you missed an email. You just never know these things anymore. So always make sure that you follow up. But if you continue to hear nothing, or if your employer confirms that there is no job for you, then you have been terminated. Notwithstanding the fact that you waited 24 weeks to see if you would be recalled. And I understand how terrible that is. But if you're not recalled, you uh, are terminated, you're entitled to severance, and your termination date will actually be backdated to the date that you were originally laid off under the Employment yeah. Standards Act. So what that means is that, you know, for the people who have been off for 24 weeks, who have been on temporary layoff for 24 weeks, that means that you've already been unemployed for six months. Uh, and that will actually really help you to negotiate a severance package. Uh, so I highly recommend anybody who's in that position, short service, long service, and everybody in between to reach out 
to our firm, to any employment lawyer, uh, and, you know, help them to navigate that severance issue. Uh, another big issue arising from the end of the temporary layoff period is that you're going to have a lot of employers who, who look at their books, who look at this potential for a second wave and say, you know what, we can't recall everybody to 100% capacity, but we just don't have the money to terminate these people. We don't have the money to pay out severance. So let's, let's see what we can get away with. Let's see if we can, you know, bring back John to a position that pays, you know, $5 less an hour right. or it works part-time instead of full-time or, you know, whatever kind of change there might be. And, you know, that's going to be a situation wh- which is, puts the ball a little bit more in your court because then you're going to have a choice as an employee. You can choose to accept this change. You can absolutely decide that you want to go back to work and work on a part-time basis or work for less money per hour for whatever reason you might want to. But if the change is significant enough and if it's too um, an element of your employment that we would consider fundamental or essential, uh, such as your pay or your hours, then you might be able to um, to turn that down legally and still claim your severance. So you can say, you know what, you have actually, by offering me a job that's not anything like my previous one, you have still terminated that employment by law. And because you've terminated that employment by law, you owe me severance. Now, the third situation that might come up um, that I wanted to touch on, and I touch on with a huge caveat, which is to say that this is all brand new. So we're all just sort of taking our best guesses as employment lawyers right now. But as it stands right now, an employer can ask its employees, its affected employees, to agree to a variance. And what that means is that you would essentially sign on to an agreement between yourself and your employer to vary the terms of the Employment Standards Act. Specifically in this case, your employer is likely going to ask you, would you agree to eight more weeks? So an employer, in order to run that variance through the Employment Standards Branch uh, with approval, needs at least 50% of the affected employees to sign on to this. The catch, and I'm uh, pretty sure that this is the case, but the catch is that once 50% sign on, that is deemed to be good for everybody. It's going to apply to everybody. The question I think that is going to be interesting is, are those individuals who did not agree to the variance but are now captured by it, are they going to be in a position to claim constructive dismissal? And again, constructive dismissal meaning you can claim your severance. And I think that it's possible, um, you know, and I, and I don't mean to hedge and I don't mean to give, you know, the standard lawyer answer of it depends, but I really do think that it's going to be a fact-dependent analysis. I can imagine some situations in which it's not going to be, and I can imagine some situations in which it will. So, you know, don't feel pressured to sign on to a variance. Uh, don't think that you don't have any choice. If, you know, 50% of your, of the affected workforce agrees and you find yourself in that camp unwillingly, still definitely contact an employment lawyer and find out what your rights are. Let's uh, bounce over to a phone call again. 604-280-9898 is the way to get through. Jimmy, thanks for standing by there for a few minutes. How are you, pal? Hi, thank you sure, for having ahead. me. You bet. Okay, I have. Uh, I worked with. The, uh, I'm a truck driver. I work with a uh, uh, big truck company. Uh, I filed the. Uh, for, I worked for like a nine and a half months. Um, so I filed the three cases against the employer, uh, section two forty six, which uh, uh, employer uh, like 
suspend me from half of my job doing my job exercise which is genuine and uh, section uh, in, in nfil section 177 incorrectly in that uh, i just raised that issue i didn't file that issue i don't know if i can do that or no later in the date is that something Jimmy, I, it sounds like you might be unionized is that that right no i'm not a union company okay so when you're talking about filing these complaints who are you filing them with uh um cirb canadian uh, industrial relation board and, and okay the, uh, so that's a yeah that's going to be a very that's a very specific issue to your profession and industry so i'm not sure whether or not you still have the right to file that complaint but if you are in a situation where you know you haven't been recalled to work you aren't and they don't have the hours available to you because somebody else is filling those hours then you could you you're absolutely in a position where you might be able to claim severance uh so no uh, so what happened is now uh, uh the three guys filed a complaint health and safety appraisal uh section uh, 147 246 uh, uh where um uh the they fire me from half of my job uh and they keep giving the job to my colleagues and ask for my production order so that you know uh, uh where i can have the proof and that they have dismissed me from my half of my job now what happened is i have the uh mediation meeting um this monday and they offer me to go uh, uh to leave the company uh with only uh uh i i guess it's all equals to the severance pay uh which is 3500 according to me and i know uh, if it's sufficient enough to keep my case fighting or just i uh, you know uh, if i have this i have this solid case but uh because it, it's all going to show up in uh, other colleagues paste up that they fired me due un- undue reason so i don't know should i just take the uh, 3050 uh, 500 or I, i still fight for if i have to big amount i i i'm certainly going to um you know refrain from giving any sort of comment on whether or not what you've been offered is appropriate in terms of a settlement the the fact is is that it could be uh or it could not be i just don't i won't be able to have enough facts or to understand your case well enough in its context in order to to you know be able to give you any sort of sound or reliable direction in that regard you know what i can say is that if you've had half of your duties taken away from you if you've been dismissed from half of your job uh and you know this was in the same context as you filing a health and safety complaint you likely have significant claims against your employer so i'd highly recommend jimmy that you contact me uh outside the context of of this radio program and we can talk about your case in a lot more detail jimmy appreciate the call got to let you go we got to take a break and we'll get right back to it uh, gary stand by my friend we will get to you as well in the meantime you want to call through you got time 604 2809898 is the way the email is help at employmentlawyer.ca this is the employment law show on cknw and we're back it is a uh, 419 we get right back to the phone calls the number to call in talk to leah very simple 604 2809898 you can email help at employmentlawyer.ca and by the way you want to reach out uh, leah any other time when we're not doing the show or a member of her team 604 283 3123 would be the way to do that. Gary, thanks for standing by. How are you, pal? Hi, good afternoon. How is everybody? 
Excellent. What's on your mind? Hey, um, yeah, so I'm 65 years old, and I've been working for the same place for 18 years now. And they're just having a big downturn in business, and so they're doing layoffs. And they have laid some people off so far, and then they approach me and say, well, because you're 65, we want to keep a younger crew. Um, you know, we would like you to, you know, we're talking about laying you off or when you're going to retire. And I says, well, if you guys want to lay me off, go ahead, but you're going to owe me some severance. They say, oh, no, we don't owe you any severance, and we don't do that. And I says, well, and they said it's just a temporary layoff because of COVID. And I says, well, I showed them all the information on temporary layoff. There's no provision in our handbook. Um, I wouldn't agree to it. Um, they've never done it before to set a precedent or anything like that. So they're trying to work out something, but basically what they're saying is like they want to kind of, they want to lay off and they want me to sit around till December 31st and maybe call me back. But I'm saying, no, you know, they're going to lay me off and pay me some severance, but they say, you know, we're, we don't pay severance and you're not owed any. But what I've been able to understand is after 18 years of service, I am entitled to severance. And I'm, when they do give me an offer, I'm not going to agree to sign anything unless, unless it's so. So, um, you know, and they're playing the COVID thing, saying, well, we're doing temporary layoffs, layoffs through COVID, so so it applies, you know. So I'm just kind of wondering about that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I have to say, I'm so glad you called, although I, I don't think radio is doing this, doing us any service because I wish you could see my facial expression right now. You would have seen my <laughs> eyebrows shoot up when, when you said that they approached you about retirement. Um, you, you're hitting the nail on the head in all respects, Gary, and it certainly sounds like you've done your research, you know what you're talking about, um, and you're absolutely right. So uh, number one, if you have um, been approached about a layoff, you've never been laid off before, and there's no provision in a contract or handbook that says anything about um, allowing you to be laid off, then they can't lay you off without your express consent and permission. And if they do decide to send you home, that is a termination, and they absolutely owe you severance regardless of what they might, how they might try to spin it. Um, and with, you know, 65 years old with 18 years of service, I mean, we're at least in the ballpark of 18 to 20 months, if not That's more than I that. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's quite substantial. Um, what I might do uh, at this point, if I were you, is start to, uh, memorialize as much of these conversations as you can in writing. Because have you been sent home at this point? No, no, I'm still there. They started sending people home last Wednesday, and then he approached me again on Thursday. He said, oh, we're trying to work something out. You know, we've been here so long, we don't want to just kick you out. And I says, well, you go, you go ahead and do what you have to do. But, you know, I said, I'm not, I don't like, I don't want to get into mudslinging contests with them at work. You know, I just said, you know, you got to do what you got to do, and then I'm going to take care of myself. But, um, you know, I told them, you know, they owe me severance. I've been there a long time, and I was a manager there for several years. And, and um um, yeah, and they're, they're, I guess what it is is they say, oh, we don't want to make all these big payouts and all this stuff. But, um, yeah, they haven't yet, but I'm sure that it's going to happen this week. Okay, well, if that's the case, then certainly give me a call. I, I'm happy to, to walk you through how to handle this. Um, and okay. you know what? Even if they don't, I would recommend you reaching out because um, I think that it would be 
you know, even if they take a couple of weeks to action any of what they're saying, this is probably an important thing to start getting down in writing. You know, just the fact that they approached you wondering about your retirement and, you know, saying that they're going to kind of, you know, they're looking for ways to, to push you out. You know, it doesn't need to be adversarial. It doesn't need to be, you know, to start a fight. It's just a matter of getting this in writing because that is very technically age discrimination, you know, and I, and I understand that, you know, you're not looking to sling mud, but I I think it, it's absolutely appropriate to just sort of cover all of your bases and start to get your ducks in a row in case push comes to shove down the line and they right. decide that they want to start slinging mud, right? If they decide right. that they want to pay you the severance that you're owed right from the outset, there's no need, I think, to necessarily raise the age discrimination issues unless unless you feel strongly about it. Um, right. But, you know, certainly that's something that we should start getting in writing. And and absolutely, if they, if they send you home, if they make any changes to your employment, uh, without your consent, they're going to owe you severance. Right. Okay. So just contact you at your at um, your law firm there, the one eight one eight hundred one or two oh two oh eight number. It's uh it's six oh four two eight three thirty one twenty three, Gary. That's the one. Six oh four two eight three thirty one twenty three. You can email Leah as well. That's just as simple. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now to make that phone call, get some information. That's how easy it is. Six oh four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. And uh, we're moving along here to uh to Brian. We'll get to Brian. Hi Brian, how are you? Good oh, afternoon. Hi, uh, not too bad. I'm just Beautiful. concerned about this COVID situation. Uh, some of these con- companies that these people are working for sound fairly substantial. I worked for Canadian Airlines. I was a mechanic, and uh, Canadian Air, as you know, is out of business now. And uh, they had a process there where they called concessions all the time, always, you know, taking out things that we had in our contracts and, and uh, receiving them back that we couldn't. Uh, giving us less money and taking away uh, things that, that were once available to us. The question really is, though, these small companies, and uh, later I went to auto mechanics, but uh, these small companies which just flat out of business. You drive down the street, you see garages everywhere. You see all kinds of business. You hear them able auctions, auctioning off avionics equipment. These com- companies are gone. They're out of business. And do you go back to there to go try to get your job back? They're not in business anymore. What avenue do you have then if they claim they're bankrupt? And then what would you do? Yeah, this is a really excellent question, especially for the Times. And unfortunately, it's got a bit of a sad answer, uh, which is that, you know, if the company is out of business uh, and specifically they've they've gone bankrupt, there's not a whole lot that you can do. Um, you know, there's the Wage uh, Earner Protection Act, uh, which can give you some, you know, pennies on the dollar for what you might be entitled to in terms of, you know, your overall common law severance. But, you know, it is it is something. Uh, but, f- you know, for the most part, if a company is is just out of business or they are really, really slow and they've temporarily closed, you know, you've got two years to bring a claim uh, for the dismissal of your employment. And so it could be something that even if it's not actionable now, could be actionable down the line. If the company does declare bankruptcy, you know, the best that you can do is is get a judgment in your name for the severance and become one of a list on the secured creditor list. Um, you know, it's it's 
I often discourage people from doing it unless they're independently wealthy and they just want a piece of paper that says that uh, that they win, that they get their severance. But it's unfortunately one of those situations where there's not a whole lot of recourse unless, you know, it's a situation, um, you know, for example, like Steve Nash Fitness, which uh, was, you know, purchased and just sort of reorganized under a different name. You know, there's the potential there, I think, um, to potentially go after the new company as well. If, it, if it's the same owners and it's the same business at the same location, just operating under a different name, then there's a potential argument that they've tried to skirt their obligations by just, you know, getting rid of their bankrupt name and opening another one. Right. I understand. And I just had one other thing along those lines. Um, let's say I bought a new house and had a five-year home ownership warranty on it. And then the uh, fixtures, like the uh, cupboards are hanging off the wall, uh, hanging off the roof uh, because it's not properly built. Now, the company that built the house uh, has gone bankrupt, and they've opened up under ABC contracting rather than, uh, uh, you know, ZWX contracting. Uh, you know, what do you do to situations like that? They've obviously found a loophole on how to get out of uh, honoring their uh, new home warranty program. And I imagine this would be similar as to what you're saying here about the this uh, fitness company has done something similar. It is. It's, it's identical. It's just a matter of, you know, if exposing that loophole for what it is and proving that it's basically the same business just operating under a different name. And then you can still go after them for damages. Appreciate it, Brian. We're going to move on and get to another call. So we're going to load some up here. The number is 604-280-9898. We'll continue on Employment Law Show on CKNW. And we're back. It is uh, 4.33. Time for you to call in. You can do so. Lines are open. It's your show, 604-280-9898. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And any other time when we're not on the air here with Leah or Leora and doing our thing, you need lots more information about employment law as it pertains to you. It is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That is the website. Absolutely free and anonymous. You can go there anytime, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But... As we get our phone calls lined up here, we'll move into this, Leah. That is top myths of termination. Number one, your boss can only let you go if they have a good reason to. Number one myth. Yes, absolutely the number one myth. And often the number one reason why people call. Because they think that a wrongful dismissal is not having a good reason to be let go um, or to be lied to about the reason or to not be given a reason at all, you know, which is, you know, as an aside, a reason why I always tell my employer clients to be as honest and transparent as you can uh, at the time of termination with respect to the reason for termination, because it is often this feeling of being wronged because of the reason that you were terminated, because there was no warning, because it completely, you know, it came after a, a positive performance review, for example, that drives people to seek legal advice. And, you know, wrongful dismissal often has nothing to do with the reason. A wrongful dismissal is uh, whether or not you're paid the appropriate amount of severance. But the number one reason why people call is because of this pervasive myth that your boss can only let you go if they have a good reason to. So yeah. this idea that, you know, you have to have seen it coming. So you have to have been warned. You know, there has to have been some sort of bad performance and you certainly can't be terminated if you've been a good performer. All of those things are myths. And the fact is, is that 
unless you've been terminated because of a human rights reason. So uh, uh, unless you've been terminated uh, on the basis of one of the protected grounds under the BC Human Rights Code, like uh, gender, um, sexual orientation, race, religion, ability, age, uh, you know, which is one of the things we spoke to Gary about, unless that forms one of the reasons why you're being let go, or I guess I should say as well, there's another um, reason, which is if you've recently made a safety complaint, a health and safety complaint right. in the workplace, that the, that fact um, will be relevant to the reasons. But other than those two things, so a discriminatory ground or a health and safety complaint, your employer can terminate you for whatever reason it wants to or no reason at all. The only question is whether they're providing you with the right severance. And this is so critical because this this is the basis, this is the reason why I tell people, read those offer letters, read those contracts, because if there's any limitation in those offer letters as to what you're entitled to in the event of a termination, if it limits you to the minimums, then you know, you could be let go at any time for any reason. It could be just a new manager who doesn't quite like you. It could be a completely subjective assessment of, you know, fit. Uh, it could be something that you ultimately never agree with, but they can do it as long as they give you the right severance. So, so important to be attuned to what your entitlements are because reasons won't save you, only your legal entitlements will. Good call. And by the way, anytime you have your uh, your your, your uh, questions about what we're talking about here, feel free to call in. You can do so, 604-280-9898 or help at employmentlawyer.ca. Top myths of termination. Next one is this. When you were let go, you receive, ah, you know, one or two weeks of severance pay for every year of service. That has got to be the biggest myth of them all. Yeah, definitely. And and there's very good reason for that. You know, it's yep. part of the reason why I have a job. And it's, um, you know, also a really big myth that's believed by employers. That is just a myth that pervades the employment relationship all around, right? So you just like I deal with employees every day who, uh, who believe that this is the case. I also have employer clients who call me and say, you know, I want to let this person go. They've been with us for eight years. So I, I just owe them like eight weeks. Right. Or, you know, at the very maximum 16. And, you know, the fact is, is that that is a huge myth. And it is probably one of the most important myths because it's it's such a the, the difference, the consequence of not understanding that myth is so significant. So let's take that example of the eight year employee. Right. If you if you've been employed for eight years and, um, you know, you are governed by a contract that limits you to the absolute minimums or the, under the Employment Standards Act, you know, you're looking at eight weeks. But the reality is, is that there are two systems in BC under which you get your entitlements. You get your entitlements under the statute, which is the Employment Standards Act, which is probably what is the first thing that comes up on Google. Um, right. But you also get your entitlements under the common law. And that eight year employee is probably more likely entitled to around eight to 10 months. Right. So that's, you know, four or five times what the myth is. And if you're signing on the dotted line on a severance package because you did a quick Google search or because, you know, we're not fact checking this myth, you are walking away from potentially tens of thousands of dollars. Um, so that's that's a really, really important myth 
to dispel. You know, probably, John, on our next round, we'll move this to number one because I agree with you. I do think that this is the biggest myth. And like I said, it is the most important one because it can just mean a huge difference financially for some people. But the fact is, is that you are only going to be limited to one or two weeks of severance if you have an enforceable contract that limits you to that amount. If you don't, or if you have a contract that doesn't enforceably limit you to that amount, then you are going to be entitled to much more than that, more in the range of four weeks per year of service with with a high maximum of two years in total of severance. Which is why you never hesitate to call Leah and the crew if you have any uh, you know, any wonder whether it's adequate enough. We almost guarantee you it won't be. But just in case, it's always 604-283-3123. Moving down the list of the top myths of termination, you have to work at least five years for a large company in order to receive any severance. Not really. No, not at all. And I think that the, the reason why there's this myth is because of this uh, bifurcation of what your entitlements are in Ontario. So in Ontario, you get you get notice pay, you get termination pay, and if you're there for more more than five years, you also get severance pay. So there's this uh-huh. idea that you know that that kind of pervades. I think a lot of people that you only get severance if you've been there for more than five years. And, you know, this sort of speaks to one of the other myths that we're going to get to about short service employees. But it's the reason why a lot of people who work less than five years don't ever end up calling is because they figure that they're entitled to nothing. And it's just not true. Um, as soon as you start working for another company, you automatically have a, an implied term of employment applied to you. So as soon as you sign that dotted line, as soon as you start, you know, 9 a.m. on Monday, you automatically become entitled to severance if they decide to terminate you without cause. So that's that's a really important one to keep in mind too, because um, you know, in a long, uh, along with length of service, there's this common mis- misperception, misconception, I should say, that part-time employees don't get severance, uh, that construction employees don't get severance, uh, that managers don't get severance. I mean, I've heard it all. But, you know, if you are an employee uh, or even if you are a contractor, but you've uh, worked for uh, the company exclusively or, you know, 80% exclusively, you are going to be entitled to severance. And it's absolutely, like you said, John, always worth a phone call to figure out what that might be. If for no other reason, then you can, you know, sign on the dotted line at sleep at night, knowing that you made the decision with all of the information available to you. Top myths of termination. Let's get to another one before we got a break here. And is uh, being quote unquote on contract means you don't get severance pay. This one's a bit of a digger deep, right? Yeah, Remember it dig, is. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it, it is because you know the 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 diff. The, a lot of people think that if they've signed a contract or if they're on a contract for a finite term, then that means that they don't get severance. And that's two different things. But there's this still this sort of prevailing myth that being a a contracted employee doesn't mean or means that you don't get severance. Uh, and, and again, not true. Big myth. So if you have an offer letter or an agreement or a contract, even if it says something about termination entitlements, I'm still going to recommend that you speak to legal counsel in order to have your severance package reviewed. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, a lot of contracts are not enforceably written or enforceably entered into. So you want to have that double checked before you decide that it's something that's valid and something 
that the employer is allowed to be to be held to, and and that's going to substantially limit what you're entitled to. Um, if you are somebody who is on a finite term contract, so if you've signed a contract that says you know you're going to be employed until December 31st and then you're fired, yep. it's possible that you could get severance pay for the equivalent of the rest of the contract. So I was representing a guy who was supposed to be working until 2022. And, you know, we're, we're working on getting him severance until the end of that time, because that, again, is the severance entitlement for somebody who is on contract. But probably the biggest way that this myth this myth uh, pervades is with respect to people who believe themselves to be contractors. And, you know, just because you call yourself a contractor, just because you've been taxed or not taxed, as the case may be, as a contractor, and even if you believe yourself to be a contractor, that doesn't mean you legally are. And even if you, even if you technically are, even if you legally, you end up being a contractor. Like I said before, if your uh, income is predominantly from one company and then they decide to terminate your services, you are going to be entitled to severance. Gotcha. It's yep. only the true independent contractors who are not entitled to severance. And when you think independent contractors, think of like a cleaning company that comes to your house once a month or, you know, the plumber that you call when something goes wrong, right? That's not somebody that you have to pay severance to when, when you no longer need their services because they're servicing, you know, a hundred, 200 other people. It's the people who have a, a, a relationship of exclusivity and, in de- and dependence um, gotcha. that is are going to be entitled to severance, and that includes many more people than than you may think. Let's take a short one. We'll wrap up this topic and get into some emails as well. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You've still got a few minutes as well to call us here at the station and ask Leah your questions, 604-280-9898. This is Employment Law. Welcome back indeed. It is 446. Appreciate you joining us and hanging in. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You want to reach out anytime via email. And you want to call Leah at the office, a little bashful to talk on the air. No problem. That conversation can be had. 604-283-3123. And obviously, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That is a free and anonymous website. All kinds of information on employment law at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's also a section on disability law because those uh, those two are so often intertwined. But it is free and it's anonymous. And if you do want to contact from that webpage, that can be done at the uh, the top right of that. But back to our phone calls, always priority on the show. Sophia, thank you so much for hanging on. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And yourself? Excellent. What's, uh, what's on your mind? I'm just wondering, um, especially with the COVID and stuff going on, right? So I'm wondering about... Um, how the severance works. Is it based on how long um, you've been working for them or how many hours you've been working for them? Why I ask is just because I had recently just started the job and I'm kind of past three months now, um, but still not on full-time hours just because of COVID. So I'm just curious about how the severance works um, in that regard. Yeah, great question. So uh, both are relevant for different reasons. So your length of service is going to be one of the key drivers of how much severance you're entitled to, along with your position, your age, and the availability of other opportunities in the job market, which we all know right now are going to be slim for just about every job out there. Um, So the fact that you've been there for, you know, more than three months means you're a short service employee, which is actually one of the next myths that we were going to get to, uh, and certainly entitles you to severance. The reason why you're out are important 
Your hours have nothing to do with whether or not you are entitled to severance. It just helps us um, determine what the measure of your damages are. So severance is meant to compensate you for the loss of your income as a result of termination. And the way that we calculate what the loss of income is, is looking what your income was before and what you would have earned had you continued working over the severance period. So if you've been working 20 hours a week, we would take the 20 hours a week and, and amortize that over you know, a a four-month notice period or whatever the case may be. Right. Okay, great. Thanks. You're very welcome. You bet, Sophia. No problem. Again, any other questions you want to reach out to uh, to Leah or Lior any other time? Yep, 604-283-3123. But here and now, you know the number, 604-280-9898 is the the way we get you on the air. Bill, thanks for standing by as well. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I just uh, got a question for for Lior about uh, sufferance. Can I go ahead? Yes. Yeah, uh, I uh, used to work for a a big company, a large company, and uh, it's a union company for 38 years, and I uh, retired uh, after 30, actually after 38 years of employment, and never collect unemployment, uh, never been laid off, and uh, I uh, uh, got a... uh, sort of um, a deal from the company saying that, oh, if you leave here and work for our subsidiary uh, company, it you will uh, uh, you will get double pay. You're going to get double pay if you retire. No, actually, I was, okay, uh, if you retire and, uh, and you get double pay and uh, uh, two paycheck and at the employment would be at least six months. But after about four months, uh, after I transfer over to the to the new company, and uh, the company shut down completely, everybody lost a job. So I just wonder. Um, well, over the over the uh, the few uh, past few years, the company, the union has been uh, trying to uh, get some money from us uh, for us and uh, and uh, uh, from the company uh, that is the previous company that was uh, that. Is still operating, and uh, I just wonder if there is any uh, chance, or did I miss any severance uh, uh, that way? Yeah, I mean, you may have. Is the subsidiary company is that unionized as well? Uh, yes, it is. Okay, so then what you're going to want to do is take a look at your collective bargaining agreement and and certainly speak to your union. So uh, unfortunately, when it comes to common law severance, which is what I'm talking about, that's not necessarily something that um, I can help unionized employees with. Unionized employees need to go through their unions for all uh, matters related to their employment and termination. So I would highly recommend that you speak to a union member, your union rep, uh, and see See about what, if any, severance was missed, because it certainly sounds like there could be um, an opportunity there for you. Bill, appreciate your time. Going to move on here, and we want to talk about that. You did mention it, Lee. The last one we'll get through for uh, tonight, this afternoon, is top myth of termination. That is, short service employees get very little severance. That is not true, or not necessarily true. Yes, um, it is probably my favorite topic because it's it's a very it's a very big myth, um, and uh, it's something that seems to take everybody by surprise. And the reason why is because short service employees. Th- this myth probably was true, maybe let's say twenty years ago, 
right? To a large extent. But recently, there's been a, a reexamination of what the purpose of severance is, right? And I touched on that a little bit. It's to compensate you for the loss of your income, right? The loss of your income that you sustained as a result of the termination of your employment. But a big question, a big part of calculating those damages is trying to figure out how long you're going to be unemployed for, right? And so there was this idea that, you know, maybe short service employees are quicker to hop from one job to the other. So maybe it doesn't take so long. And recently judges, and by recently, I do mean the last 10 years. So it's, it's certainly, there's been enough law on it for me to say this confidently. Um, you know, judges and courts are looking at this and saying, you know, I think we have this, we think we have this backward. People who are looking for work after they've been let go and have these, you know, tiny little periods of employment on their resume, that's actually not a very good look. And a lot of employers are going to look at that and say, you know, did this person get fired after six months? Did they leave? Are they going to leave me after another eight months here? So, you know, all other things being equal, those individuals with those kinds of histories aren't frequently, you know, the, the top candidate and judges and courts are recognizing that more and more because they've seen a lot of individuals who are short service employees who should be able to find other work very quickly, you know, like a sales associate position, for example, and they can't, they're unemployed for six, seven, eight months looking for other work, right? And they're applying to upwards of a hundred places and they still can't find work. So judges say that, you know, Employees, for the most part, who have been employed for less than three years are considered short service employees, and they are going to be disproportionately entitled to uh, periods of severance. And by disproportionate, I mean disproportionate to their longer term colleagues. It is completely fact that you could have somebody who has been working for a year receive more severance than somebody that's been working for four years. Just because of the, just because of the purpose of what severance is. Uh, the rule in BC as it stands right now is that we're looking at a floor of two to three months of common law severance for short service employees. Right. And then that number can go up if you can prove a very difficult job market, which is obviously particularly, uh, relevant right now. Big if time, you can yeah. prove bad, f- yeah, if you can prove bad faith or if you can prove inducement, inducement being, uh, you know, that you were induced or persuaded to leave another employer, another company that you were with for a long time. You joined the other one under all of these representations and promises and guarantees of, um, of, you know, long-term employment and upward mobility and maybe you'll retire with us one day and then you're terminated six months later. That is something that also moves the needle past the two to three month mark. And, you know, we're not speaking just, you know, three and a half months. In some cases, we're talking, like I said, six, seven, eight months. Uh, it's certainly not inconceivable. And um, it's it's frequently, I would say, uh, the most undervalued packages are the people who have been there for a short amount of time. They get something, they get a package for two to three weeks because that's all their employer thinks that they need to pay. Uh, and then this employee is very surprised and quite delighted to find out that they are entitled to much more. That'll do it for the afternoon. Nicely done. Thank you all for reaching out. As you made the phone call or sent the email, we'll get to them on another show. And the phone calls are always welcome, as you know. To reach out now to Leah and a member of her team, 604 283 
3123. Uh, you'll find that at VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca as well. There's contact there. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I plugged it a few times during the show. You should check it out. If only for interest's sake, sometimes spend a few moments on it. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. It's free. It's anonymous. And there is contact on that one as well. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show right here, CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.